the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Senate overwhelmingly passes the $40 billion aid package for Ukraine. This is a, a real opportunity for us to reduce his ability to attack the security and interests of the United States. Congress grills the head of the FDA over the baby formula shortage. How many more illnesses and deaths were caused due to the FDA's slow response? A new DHS report says the leaked draft opinion from the Supreme Court has increased the likelihood of extremist violence. This new discussion about what are seen as soft targets by extremist groups. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Friday, May 20th. I'm Mike Scott. Turkey's leader opposes having Sweden and Finland join NATO. But the military alliance's top official says he expects that issue to be resolved and the two Nordic nations to become members soon. Turkey's approval of Finland and Sweden's application to join the Western military alliance is crucial because NATO makes decisions by consensus. Meanwhile, the U.N. is warning that the war in Ukraine has stoked a global food crisis that could last years if it goes unchecked. Secretary of State Antony Blinken remarked on how Russia's invasion of Ukraine has jeopardized global food supplies. The Russian Federation claims falsely that the international community's sanctions are to blame for worsening the global food crisis. Sanctions aren't blocking Black Sea ports, trapping ships filled with food, and destroying Ukrainian roads and railways. Uh, Russia is. United Nations World Food Program Executive Director David Beasley says the impact of Ukrainian ports being closed will soon be felt everywhere. Failure to open those ports in Odessa region will be a declaration of war on global food security. And it will result in famine and destabilization and mass migration around the world. Sarah Menker, the CEO of Grow Intelligence, an analytics company that tracks climate, agriculture, and economics, says a coordinated response is needed to address the food crisis. Without substantial, immediate, and aggressive coordinated global actions, we stand the risk of an extraordinary amount of both human suffering and economic damage. Here in the United States, the Senate overwhelmingly approved a $40 billion infusion of military and economic aid for Ukraine on Thursday as both parties rallied behind America's latest financial salvo against the Russian invasion. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says Ukraine is desperate for the aid. The Senate can now say to the Ukrainian people, help is on the way. Real help, significant help, help that could make sure 
that the Ukrainians are victorious. Schumer also says he's troubled that so many GOP lawmakers are against approving this aid bill for Ukraine. It appears more and more MAGA Republicans are on the same soft on Putin playbook that we saw used by former President Trump. In remarks, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell admitted the package is expensive, but the U.S., he believes, has no choice. The most expensive and painful thing America could possibly do in the long run would be to stop investing in sovereignty, stability, and deterrence before it's too late. Jim Talent, a former Missouri senator and senior fellow at the Bipartisan Policy Center, joined the Hugh Hewitt Show to discuss that aid package and how support for Ukraine helps America. The adversary of my adversary is my ally, okay? Vladimir Putin has made his government and his regime an adversary of the United States, constantly attacking us in the cyber world, Going back to 19, I believe, 96, with the Moonlight Maze attack that just looted our government agencies of all kinds of information. The biggest safe harbor for cyber criminals, you remember the colonial pipeline, the meat processing attacks, right? Yeah. It's engaging constant cyber warfare and, and hybrid warfare against our Baltic allies, including military threats, overflights, threats on the high seas. Talon goes on to say that assisting Ukraine will keep Russia from attacking U.S. security interests in the future. His intervention in in the Middle East uh, opened up a way for Iran to more easily resupply Hezbollah and destabilize the Middle East. It was a big cause of the refugee crisis that destabilized Europe. And now, you know, he's he signed an unlimited friendship partnership with China. So he's done his harm. He will continue to do us harm to the extent he has the resources. And this is a a real opportunity for us to reduce his ability to attack the security and interests of the United States going forward. However, Talent does admit he understands Republican concerns with the size and spending of that bill. I sympathize with the concerns about how quickly the bill was passed and the size of it. And I, I you know, I think that the leaders of Congress would be well advised if they can get a, a bigger consensus to break these bills up a little bit and, and give people more time to study them. I'm sympathetic. The head of the Food and Drug Administration told lawmakers Thursday that a shuttered baby formula factory in Sturgis, Michigan, could be up and running as soon as next week. Though he sidestepped questions of whether his agency should have intervened earlier at the plant at the center of a national shortage. Connecticut Congresswoman Rosa DeLauro says she's furious over how slowly federal regulators responded to issues at the Abbott plant. Why did the FDA not spring into action? Why did it take four months to pull this formula off the the store shelves? How many more illnesses and deaths were caused due to the FDA's slow response? FDA Commissioner Robert Califf says his agency needs more funding for food safety and nutrition. We need to do major improvements on the food side of the FDA, not because people are bad, but there is a need for consistent uh, leadership and the right resources for people to get their work done. Maryland Congressman Andy Harris says boosting the FDA budget will not solve its major issues. Many of the problems facing your agency can be solved through strong leadership 
rather than more money. Meantime, a group of Democratic senators are asking President Biden to appoint someone to oversee the baby formula shortage as it continues to devastate families across the country searching for supplies. According to an internal government report, the leak of a draft Supreme Court opinion striking down the constitutional right to abortion has increased the likelihood of extremist violence. According to a memo directed to local government agencies from the Department of Homeland Security Office of Intelligence, violence could come from either side of the abortion issue or from other types of extremists seeking to exploit tensions. CBS's senior investigative correspondent Catherine Herridge weighed in on the DHS report. What really caught our attention here on the investigative team is how this intelligence report from Homeland Security has so much specificity about the threat environment here in the national capital region, and that includes the Supreme Court, Congress, as well as the executive branch. And it specifically cites that at least 25 threats on social media have been referred to partner agencies for further investigation, that these threats include a discussion of burning down or storming the Supreme Court, as well as attacks on Congress, as well as lawful demonstrations. Herridge says that the report shows people can be radicalized online and then take their intentions into the real world. This is really a good template to understand how this online chatter can move from the virtual world to the real world, where it's significant and credible enough that it does demand further scrutiny. Herridge also explains how the COVID lockdown, per the report from DHS, acted as an incubator for those with wildly extreme views. We've been able to review a number of what they call law enforcement situational reports that had been put out by the states to understand this current threat environment. We saw documents from Maryland, New Jersey, California, Florida, as well as the greater Washington area called the National Capital Region. And there were two main issues that seemed to come to the fore. One, this description of COVID as kind of an incubator, an incubation period, if you will, for individuals with very extreme views. Herridge also says that the report reveals a disturbing trend among extremist groups. One report specifically talked about the shooter in Buffalo as an individual who really became further radicalized during this period, very isolated, and then sought out gaming platforms where the speech can be very extreme because there's less moderation of the content. And the second thing that caught our attention is this new discussion about what are seen as soft targets by extremist groups. And they cited some really some sobering data from the FBI. Herridge explains how these soft targets are now what violent individuals may be looking for. In 2018, two supermarkets were reported as targets of mass shootings, but in 2020, that number rose to six. And when you look at the overall picture, this is a huge majority of what we've seen since the year 2000. So the identification of supermarkets where people are obviously relaxed, they don't have that same kind of security, is seen among some of these groups as the new target of interest. Herridge explains that law enforcement is walking a tightrope right now in dealing with online threats. 
This is a very difficult job, not only for Homeland Security, but also for the FBI, finding that sort of sweet spot between intervening and thwarting what they think could be potentially violent acts, while also preserving freedom of speech and this divergence and this healthy discussion about different points of view. One of the things I just want to end on is that it does seem, based on our reporting here, that the state law enforcement has really been more forward-leaning on this issue since the leaked draft was presented. And we've seen, as I mentioned, reports from Maryland, New Jersey, New York, Florida, and California. And it was only this week that we saw that overall threat intelligence bulletin from Homeland Security. On Thursday, the House passed a domestic terrorism bill after the Buffalo attack. Democrats are pushing for a broader federal focus on domestic terror as they lack support in the Senate to move ahead with any gun control legislation. Numerous Republican lawmakers oppose bolstering the Justice Department's domestic surveillance effort. Daybreak Insider's Washington correspondent Mike Gracia has a look at this story. The bill is passed without objection. Acting four days after the racist mass shooting in Buffalo, New York, in which 10 people were killed, the House passed legislation Wednesday night that would scale up federal resources to prevent domestic terrorism. Democrats pushed the bill through on a near-party line 222 to 203 vote. The bill would require the Justice Department, Department of Homeland Security, and FBI to open offices specifically dedicated to investigating, preventing, and prosecuting acts of domestic terrorism. It would also create an interagency task force to address the infiltration of white supremacy in the military. Senate Democrats are pledging to bring the bill for a vote next week, but similar legislation passed by the House in 2020 languished in the Senate. Mike Gracia, Washington. According to a new report from NBC News, between 2013 and 2018, Hunter Biden and his company brought in about $11 million through his roles as attorney and a board member with a Ukrainian firm that was accused of bribery and through his work with a Chinese businessman now accused of fraud. The report, which doesn't show what he did to earn millions from his Chinese partners, has some raising serious questions about national security, business ethics, and potential legal exposure. NBC's senior Washington correspondent Hallie Jackson explains that Hunter Biden is under investigation right now for his finances. The president's son under growing scrutiny tonight over his finances with federal prosecutors in Delaware investigating Hunter Biden and whether he broke federal tax law. Now, a representative for Mr. Biden tells NBC News his bill from the IRS, about $2 million, has been paid off. Chuck Rosenberg, NBC legal analyst, says that even if Hunter's outstanding IRS bill has been paid, he may still find himself in hot water. Paying the tax bill, if in fact that's what he did, doesn't undo the crime. It would be like returning money to a bank that you robbed. You still robbed the bank. Then-candidate Joe Biden claimed his son didn't make any money from China. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about, uh, what are you talking about, China. However, as Jackson points out, the younger Biden did, in fact, make money from his connections in China. The records show Hunter Biden's company received nearly $5 million in consulting contracts from that joint venture funded by a Chinese energy company. Tom Winter, NBC's investigative correspondent, said... The real question now 
is will charges be filed against Hunter Biden? The immediate focus appears to be for both the president and Hunter Biden is whether or not there'll be any charges as a result of this federal criminal investigation. However, Walter Schaub, former director of the U.S. Office of Government Ethics, says that unless there is evidence linking Hunter to his father, this investigation will simply involve a private citizen. Hunter Biden seems a lot like somebody whose primary profession is being Joe Biden's son. Uh, but unless there's a direct connection to Joe Biden, that's really more of a criticism of one private citizen rather than a government official or an administration. Finance ministers for the group of seven leading economies will deal with the immediate effects of Russia's war in Ukraine and the COVID-19 pandemic. Daybreak Insider's Jeremy House has a preview. The war and the pandemic are taking over the G7's more ambitious plans to reform the global economy. A refugee crisis, high inflation, and food insecurity exacerbated by the war are just a few issues drawing leaders' attention today. Germany's finance minister says he's hopeful the world's leading democracies can agree on further funding for Ukraine. There's an apparent outbreak of monkeypox. Health officials want to track down anyone who's been in contact with the man who has monkeypox. Dr. Paul Bittinger of Massachusetts General Hospital says there is a man right now being treated for monkeypox. There's a patient in the Commonwealth uh, of Massachusetts who has been confirmed to have infection with monkeypox. That patient is currently hospitalized at Massachusetts General Hospital and is admitted to our special pathogens program. He is in stable condition. Another of the attending doctors says they were surprised by this case. The patient was admitted on the 12th. Um, They were being evaluated for various symptoms. During the course of their admission, they were identified as a possible monkeypox suspect. And this was really uh, unusual because the patient had no travel history, uh, no uh, exposure to animals that would be known to be reservoirs. However, the team uh, thinking about the patient and hearing um, just over the weekend about some of the cases in the United Kingdom thought more broadly about the patient's diagnosis. Erica Chinoy is the Associate Chief of Infection Control at Massachusetts General Hospital. According to the CDC, monkeypox can transmit from animals to humans when an infected animal bites or scratches a person. The virus can also spread from person to person through large respiratory droplets in the air, but they cannot travel more than a few feet. So two people would need to have a prolonged close contact. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at daybreakinsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.